हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब टुडे आई हैव विद मी प्राची पालेकर प्राची दी स्टार्टेड लर्निंग कथक with her guru asha joglekar ji at the age of 6 she continued learning under her guru's tutelage for over 15 years meanwhile attending kathak workshops by pandit birju maharaj ji rajendra gangani ji roni bhate ji and others in the mumbai and pune areas she won several competitions and was also awarded the all india dance scholarship under 18 by the government of india ministry of culture after a break of about 9 years as prachiti pursued her id career aspirations both in india and usa she continued to learn under the guidance of guru rita mustafi ji in usa minnesota she is a company intern at the katha dance theater and has performed in their internationally acclaimed dance drama karna the abandoned hero which is a blend of kathak dance and gospel music prachiti is also an indian raga fellow which she got in 2020 a passionate dancer a loving mother of two young girls and an ambitious IT professional prachiti continues to perform teach and learn kathak in and around columbus indiana i guess first of all since you're in the it space and you're doing kathak as well i'd like to know like what, have you found any carry over from it to kathak or vice versa just curious to know about your thoughts on that so i think pramit when we first met right about Three four months ago, you had asked me this question, and ever since I have been thinking about what Kathak gave me that helped shape my career in IT. What IT gave me that helped me think through Kathak. And every day I have a new answer. Every day there is like an element of my personality which has evolved over many years of learning Kathak, the journey of Kathak. Um, some aspects of it, I think they. got into my value system even before i realized so it wasn't that i was consciously trying to learn something while i was trying to learn kathak um, but it just became a part of my personality and without realizing it it started reflecting it in my it career in the way i conduct myself at work and so on so i'll just probably name three or four of them on this conversation but i'm sure 6 months later i'll have 10 more of them for you you know to say that this is what kathak offered me and vice versa as well so i have both the angles to it and how i relate those two aspects of my life um so firstly i think what kathak gave me was to be able to articulate myself well quite a few people at work say that i am good with oral and written communication and i don't consider myself an avid reader who you know has a very strong command of language or something like that but i think what kathak offered me is the bol padhant aspect of it so every dancer as a kathak dancer when you're performing a recital when you're doing the classical aspect of it you explain either it is the nritya anga where you narrate the bol and then go ahead and perform it or it is the nritya anga where you explain the expressions that you're going to depict wherein you bring the audience with you not everybody in the audience will have the same level of knowledge or understanding of the art that you're performing but you have to bring the audience with you before you get into your performance and that bol padhant and how do you say it so that your receivers understand that there is that bond that you build between what you want to display and versus what your audience is receiving the ras jo exchange hota hai right um that i learned through kathak and gradually at work in it i started having my emails which were crisp to the point you know conveying these three elements which are critical for us to learn um especially last year in 2020 when covid hit uh, we were all thrown into this remote mode where people couldn't really talk most of the communication was happening either through written or oral you know through zoom conversations and things like that over there i saw this aspect of mine even flourish further and the more i think about it the more i think because in my kathak journey i was always trying to articulate my art form before presenting it kind of gave me that perspective is okay should i articulate this in such a way or that way what what can i do differently so that my audience or in terms of corporate america my stakeholders 
understand what I'm trying to convey to them. So that was one that was very helpful. Uh, secondly, I think Kathak teaches, it's taught me a lot of discipline. It's just, it just put that discipline, whether, you know, whatever taal, you learn uh, before any performance, you have to plan a couple hours ahead of the performance because, you know, we have to put on our attire, makeup, accessories, all of that. So there's a rigorous planning that goes before, whether it be a five minute performance or a two hour performance. Um, costumes, every single detail. And that kind of puts a discipline, time management, especially in the US when I realized that meetings start at eight o'clock. That means sharp at eight o'clock. Eight o'clock does not mean 8.10, 8.15, no. They end at nine o'clock, they end sharp at nine o'clock. Um, adjusting to that happened rather easily because in Kathak, if you're doing a recital, if it has to happen in this time frame, or if you're performing as part of a larger program, right, you time your um, performances. Um, and it has to be meticulous time management and discipline. I think the third thing, and I think that's the most important thing that Kathak has taught me over time, is attention to detail. So um, I have had the honor of learning from Pandit Bidju Maharaji in multiple workshops in India. I had the honor, I mean, I had the privilege of learning from him here in the Midwest as well a couple of times. He will show any action or even my gurus, both my gurus, any action that they show, they'll show that action or that movement for a certain period of time. And they say, ha, karke dikha. In that moment, you have to read where their neck is, where their hands are, where the other hand is, where the shoulder is, where the body bend is, where the foot is. So all of that, you have to capture in that quick time that they are showing it to you, right? Um, that is one aspect. The other aspect is the expression part of it. Krishna if somebody is showing you Krishna, it, are they showing you the heroic form of Krishna? Are they showing you the nutkat form of Krishna? You know, all those things as a dancer, as a student, you have to kind of assimilate quickly, rather like super fast. And it's kind of reading between the lines, getting that attention to detail, reading between the lines. I think that has gotten into my IT world a lot where sometimes people may not be able to express directly what they're saying. Or when we get into technical details, forgetting the business world and you know, getting them out of technical and saying, okay, what does business want? Let's get look into those details over there. Um, connecting the dots. Um, those things definitely, and there's a lot more that I can go on about what Kathak has given me that has helped in IT. If I look at it the other way around, in fact, I have had some really good mentors in my IT world. Uh, one of the things that they had said is Prachi always go slow to go fast. And in Kathak, if you see the most complex todas, tukras, compositions that we learn, we are always taught, always go slow, learn it, master it at your slower leg, and then kind of build on it. And I didn't even realize how, you know, the IT world and the Kathak world were so similar in that sense. Um, the other aspect of it, and this is what one of my work managers said that I, I had told him that I just have like a three minute performance, you know, that I'm presenting this weekend. And he said, Prachi, y'all are like the athletes of the world or the sports persons. When you run the Olympics, you do a sprint in less than one minute, but to be able to get to that less than one minute, you are having to put in, you know, thousands of hours of effort to be able to perform that one three minute dance. Right. So give yourself the credit of the effort that you put in the dance, not just the outcome of it. And and that those were the learnings I actually got from my IT managers who had seen it in the technical world. And those are the learnings that I started applying towards my Kathak life. So it's kind of disparate in their own ways, but they are kind of related as well. Does that give you the answer that you were looking for? I wasn't looking for an answer. I just want to. I just want to hear. I want to hear how you think, basically. Yeah. So you talked about attention to detail. You talked about discipline. You talked about going slow before going fast, and there were some very interesting insights there. And to and you, since you mentioned 
performances i've noticed in your recent posts that you've been coming on stage you know post pandemic and you've had some performance opportunities so could you tell us a little bit about what's going on where have you been performing what's coming up so very curious about what's going on in your life that way from the performance scene yeah so performance is pretty much local right now i'm a mother of two young kids uh, age 6 and 2 and a half so i rarely get an opportunity to leave the house uh when they are around so i'm i'm playing that role as well so mostly we perform at local we have quite a few non profit organizations here based in the midwest and they raise funds and they have a lot of diversity and inclusion initiatives um so i do do performances with them i think the, the i am fortunate enough to have a good set of accompanists also in the small town that i stay in the midwest so we do have a lot of live performances where we have live singing live musical instruments so tabla sitar um the flute all of that and then live dancing both kathak bharatnatyam we have flavors of folk dances as well um so so yeah i mean just with the festival season that's going on there's a lot of you know local uh, performances that have been doing recently post motherhood so yeah got you and you said post motherhood so that kind of reminds me of something that uh, one of my previous guests manisha abhay told me that the way a kathaka moves and i was wondering if you have any insight to this like the way that their kathak and the way they move kind of changes critical stages of their life and say they they first get in relationship or they first become a mother how did you have you found your kathak changing or evolving before and after mother is that something that you've noticed in yourself like the way you view different things oh yeah the flexibility of the body goes for a toss after motherhood so <laughs> <laughs> that has been a big change in That's my right. in my kathak journey well no but if i can take this um, opportunity pramit to talk a little bit about the journey pre motherhood post motherhood all of that um so i had the you know i was lucky enough to start learning kathak at a very young age at that time your body and your mind is very versatile and very coachable into uh, different aspects of life right you're you're building your own personality at the same time uh, i was building my kathak journey so i was just taking things as i went i was just learning things through multiple dance performances through competitions from um, gandharva mahavidyalaya exams all of that uh, over a period of time academics took priority over art and passion and for whatever reason kathak took a back seat and then you know art uh, i mean my academics were more important and career shaping and all of that um, but then after i moved to the us i had an opportunity to get back to kathak and i'll talk a little bit about that in another section um and getting back to kathak was not as difficult as getting back to kathak after motherhood because getting back to kathak was my drive my passion uh getting back to kathak after motherhood was difficult and i say so because i had to work around multiple schedules i had to work around a lot of dependencies i had to work around um you know just like right before this interview i told you hey i'm going to be 5 minutes late because my kid needs my attention right mm-hmm. um and also there were a lot of uh, physical changes in mm-hmm. every woman as she gives birth right and a lot of emotional changes as well am i mm-hmm. doing the right thing am i being selfish about myself by devoting more time to kathak or right. am i you know i'm not giving enough time to my kids which i could have had it had it not been for this right. um but i think the maturity grows with the responsibility that comes with the different roles that we play so to manisha is i think that that's the podcast that you're referring to right um she talks in terms of when someone falls in love there's a different relation similarly in motherhood when when you have a different level of responsibility that love that angle of love changes that perspective of love changes and you can see that maturity in the dance that we do um and i have noticed that in other dancers as well so as you grow from your early teenage years into your 20s and then as you settle down in life and get into a more mature phase it does definitely reflect in your dance uh for me it was a little bit of an additional push that i needed after my first kid after my second kid as well to say that i'm not going to let my um how do i put this my responsibilities block me from following my passion 
and I, I think that is something that most of us get caught in with multiple kids and you know their activities, their stuff, all of that. Riyaz is something that goes for a complete toss after motherhood because kabkar areas. I'm I'm sleeping just two hours at night. You know, sometimes my kid needs my attention every four hours. I'm waking up. Just you you just don't know. And then I have a full time job. Where do I fit in the riyaz? And I'm not going to go on stage without doing my riyaz. I I. i'm not comfortable doing that but when do i find the time to do it right so there's a lot of time management that happens there's a lot of redisciplining yourself around your family's calendar um so yeah so i mean there have been a lot of changes in my dance uh, there have been a lot of lessons learned over a period of time as well you you wanted to ask something you probably were taking to the mic no i just um, i just play around with it i'm kind of fidgety that way but um yeah. but i guess you yeah, wanted to well, well, i guess what i was wondering is uh, prachi the since you said uh, that is something i am very curious about if you are like sleep deprived trying to uh, trying to take care of multiple kids and a family and a household so what have you found works for you in terms of finding time for riyas like uh, if you had to give some insights on like where how do you do it on a day to day basis so so my guru in india guru asha dobekar who i first started learning from and now i continue with guru rita mustafi ji in minnesota uh, both have been mothers of multiple kids uh, three kids with my guru asha dobekar and then uh, guru rita mustafi ji has two uh, girls um and i always wonder how they managed it uh, i i still am trying to figure out you know what was their magic trick to it um for me uh i always go back to my what my first guru said she said always do she used to call it manan and manan is basically keeping thinking about the dance that you're doing constantly having that in your mind if you have learned a new toda or you have learned a new vandana or a new kavit let it get into your system doesn't mean that you have to stand and do riyas every single day it's like a prayer it's like a मेडिटेशन राइट यू डोंट हैव टू से कि नहीं आज मैं भगवान के सामने हाथ जोड़ के पूजा करने वाला हूं राइट यू थिंक अबाउट इट यू लेट इट गेट इन टू योर सिस्टम कीप वंडरिंग व्हाट मूवमेंट कैन आई डू डिफरेंटली व्हाट एक्शन कैन आई एनहांस व्हाट व्हाट एम आई नॉट डूइंग राइट द मोर यू थिंक अबाउट इट द इजियर योर बॉडी विल लर्न टू अडॉप्ट इट दैट इज वन एस्पेक्ट रियाज ऑफ कोर्स इज एसेंशियल एंड आई आई टेल दिस टू अदर्स हु माय टीच एज वेल you don't really have to block time on your calendars if that works that works some of us have older kids that works some of us don't have kids we are at different stages of life my way of doing riyas is when my kids if they are playing in their playroom i have those 10 minutes whatever song they are playing we have alexa at home so whatever song they are playing i'll practice my dugun i'll practice my chogun i'll practice my adgun <laughs> so and and many of my friends say you just make kathak so relatable right but i think that is my way of keeping up to my riyas fair enough right um there are times if i'm making roti and you know it's on the gas and okay it's heating up oh, i remember this one movement let me see my body angle and and the mm. microwave has a mirror so i can always do that uh we <laughs> we just have and yeah i mean you just have to find your ways out uh, not doing riyas is not a way out right we we know it has to happen now how do you find it out whether you block 2 hours of your calendar whether you practice after the kids go to sleep it's each each parent each mother has their own way to explore that mm. but but yeah i mean that that's my way of going about it <laughs> you know where when you're in the kitchen you're cooking you're cleaning and you start thinking about oh this is what i could do different in my dance i was just thinking about the whole carpet thing cuz i moved to a new apartment so i'm on the first floor which is good but it's a carpet so i what i got is i got this giant 4 foot by 4 foot uh, like plywood thing so it sits it's heavy enough that it sits on the floor but it's right. super slippery so now when i do chakras on it i'm just like slipping all over so i have to find a new it's like a new surface altogether so it's just getting used to it i didn't know you have to get used to different surfaces either it's not hard yeah, surface is hard surface we used to dance on cement floors actually back in india like like smooth cement or like the one with the all the kankar and all that the one with all the kankar and all that oh tell me about that basically my dance school so there were multiple branches but that time dance studios were not as uh, you know as much of a thing as they are right now right 
so we had one dance studio but then mm-hmm. al- other places we used to dance in like public schools where we used to get the benches out then go into the classroom dance so that that flooring was um with your tiles at the end with like those holes on it with oh, the tiles okay we've danced on that and i'm sure there have been many other dancers who learned in india have danced on that kind of flooring so uh, i get what you're saying with the carpet flooring and it's not good for your feet because you have to take care of your feet as a dancer you have to protect your physical you know um, your feet and your hands and all of that but yeah but it it's doable okay so, that's good yeah that's good to know then um i guess one thing i want to know rajeesh since you've kind of been done when you're dancing i say around your kids and with young kids it's kind of a thing where you know they kind of are inspired from their parents so they see their parents do something they'll do something have you seen your dance kids move differently as a result of them seeing you do riyas or like pick up certain things from you just curious what have you noticed in your kids yeah so as a parent like as any dancer right i always had and i have two girls which right uh, kind of uh, of course there's a male and female aspect to kathak and kathak is always gender neutral but in the society the general understanding is oh you have two girls so you're going to teach both of them kathak and and my thought was no i'm going to let them just watch me and let them decide what they want to do right um, which may or may not be kathak but as long as it is an art form but with my older one and she's 6 years old and i can see that with my younger one also who's two and a half now they are getting a hang of the beat hmm. they are getting a hang of the tal of the lay and i But think that yeah. is more important than they getting a hang of you know uh, whether mom is doing kathak or bharatnatyam or some other dance form hmm. they catch the beat they catch the music okay. they catch the essence of the song that hmm. is going on um in fact my 6 year old whenever i watch a lot of kathak videos i ask her to sit next to me and watch with me and she has started noticing the difference between classical and semi classical even without me telling her because huh. then she she'd come to me and say this is not how kathak jumps are mm-hmm. this does not look like kathak jumps you know i mean those minor observations i think are good enough especially raising kids away from our own home country Yeah, and giving them enough of that cultural exposure, yet not bombarding them with too much of traditional cultural thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think so far it's a slow journey. It's not like they are, you know, exceptionally Kathak dancers or something at this point, but they are getting. A, I I can see that their their inclination towards learning music, towards learning instruments, is more prominent than kids of their age. Hmm. Really interesting to see what they do next, or whenever that is, Rachidi. Yeah. So I guess one thing you mentioned which I was very curious about is like you said, like the few hours, the couple of hours before a performance, there's a lot that happens. So mm-hmm. I was just curious if you can walk us through an example of like what are the things that happen a few hours before a performance? What are the preparations dancers do? I mean, you can make some certain assumptions out there, but as someone who's been on stage and stuff, I'd like to know what are the things that happen backstage. for those 3 minutes or 5 minutes or whatever your time is you're on stage what are the things that go right and go wrong first <laughs> yeah so um so i mean firstly um oh one of the things that kathak taught me was mm-hmm. to strive for perfection okay. and this comes from my first guru in india whom i learned from mm. um we do have to wear our hair a certain way there is a certain kathak attire right you have to wear your hair a certain way you have to wear your dupatta a certain way um her strive for perfection was so much that if like we have to wear four or five pleats here wo pleats agar ek ke upar ek barabar se nahi aaye so she didn't like it um then if you're wearing your earrings we and we wear bigger ones right you need to make sure that they fix at the back so even if you're taking 20 chakras or 30 chakras if one of them falls she used to frown at us because no as as a presenter of the art you need to be head to toe accurate in your presentation you cannot go you know slouchy here and there of course mistakes happen there is few we are all humans scope for error but then she used to strive for perfection as a result of which not even two hours before one day before all our costumes used to be ironed crisp clean all all buttons put in like all safety pins put in place ki acha ek pin idhar jane wala hai ek pin idhar jane wala hai. like if you count we at least wear like 10 or 15 pins as we drape our dupatta around um 
Our bags were packed in the right order of what things have to go where. Two hours prior, um, there's, a, there's an element of warm up as well. It's not like you directly go on stage without warming up. So as you're getting into your costumes, you're helping each other out. There's a lot of revision, mental revision of the dance that happens. Uh, there's a lot of excitement around the performance, right? So there's a lot of exchange of ideas. Okay, okay if this happens about uh, an hour before the show, sometimes sound check happens the previous day, sometimes sound check happens on the day. It depends on when the venue is available. If it happens an hour before the show, you need to be prepared that, okay, if the sound is not clear, yes, so nine there, or if these five instruments are playing, I cannot hear this one instrument clearly. Um, which of my dance steps are going to be affected because of that? How do I make those minor changes in my dance so that it's not wrong, but it's adjusting to the sound level? The other thing is just getting a hang of the stage, like you just now said, Pramit, right? The flooring is different. Every stage, some people, and recently I did a performance at the Hindu temple in Indianapolis. We had a very even flooring, but it was that thick felt carpet kind of a thing, which I'm used to dancing on cement. Someone else is used to dancing on wood. So studying that, practicing a little bit on the stage, all of that happens a couple hours before the show. Um, typically, we did not have extensive rehearsals right on the day of the show. We used to do those like dry runs or stage rehearsals or dress rehearsals as we used to call it one day prior so that on the day you're well rested because at the end of the day you have to take care of your body as you get on stage. But those two hours prior there were multiple things like right from getting yourself dressed up to helping each other dress up to kind of doing that mental revision to doing that stage check, sound check, all of that. So so yeah, it, it's an extensive activity that happens in those two, three hours prior to any program. Hmm. So you talked about perfection. You talked about how dress rehearsal sound checks may happen day on day, on, day off. You talked about uh, helping each other with the performances and like kind of planning for contingency. So thank you for going through all of that. And since um, you kind of mentioned your first guru and second guru, now would be a good time to jump into it. Uh, Coming to Kathak after motherhood, was that challenging for you? And if so, how did you face them? And do you have any advice for other people who want to do the same? Yeah, th thanks for that question, Pramit, because um, I think most mothers, whichever generation, whichever culture we belong to, uh, will tell you that motherhood is the most challenging and the most rewarding uh, role that any of us has played. So uh, be it, I, I don't know if you call it the way our society has thought about it or be it me putting pressure on myself but when I knew that I was having a baby um, the first my first pregnancy I did not dance but I cried when I saw my fellow dancers dancing because I thought it was the end of my dance journey um, I, I thought I was never going to get back to dance I thought I was never going to be able to do it after having a baby um, it was overwhelming Schedules were all over the place. The kid did not sleep well. I did not know why my baby is crying. I'm supposed to know everything about my kid, but I don't know. In the middle of all that, I don't even have time for myself. I'll be just so selfish to think about my dance, you know, my mental health, all of that. Um, but over a period of time, I realized that Kathak was my venting space. It was something I wanted to do for myself outside of the responsibilities of being a mother, outside of the responsibilities of being an IT employee or a spouse or a sister or a daughter, any of that, Kathak was mine. And I think each mother needs that space for themselves to be able to disconnect from their responsibilities, from that overwhelming world and go into their own passion, their own art form. Uh, so after my first one, I had to push myself a lot that come what may I'm going to be able to do this. I'm, you know, I had to work through a lot of schedules. I had to, in fact, call my parents, my in-laws to take care of the kids so that I could do my riyas and perform. For my second one, I was also told when people, you know, from very friendly acquaintances, Ek manage karna theek hai. Dusra ke saath to manage karna impossible hai. You will have to give up your 
dance your passion completely you will completely have to it's, like, it's like they were waiting to just say that for the sake of it but no, it's a friendly advice don't take it wrong because huh. you know people have seen the other side of the fence so maybe they were giving me that don't don't take it as a shock this is what is going to happen so at 5 months pregnant i was on the stage dancing of course i had taken my doctor's advice and all of that i was pregnant dancing on the stage in fact apurva and i did a dance together and people didn't even figure out that i was expecting and again i went backstage and i cried because i was like this is my last performance of my life i i don't think i'm going to have it in me that energy in me to go back and perform do bachon ke sath how am i going to manage um but then i slowed down i of course had to take a maternity break in between but i did not give up and i think that is what i would like to tell other mothers there are a lot of forums out there as well which are promoting mothers to go back to the art that they wanted to learn that they wanted to and and if anybody needs it i can connect them with that forum then i can share some with you as well from it where yeah if you would like to share some examples and then yeah so so there is this one group and very lovely lady uh, they they call themselves one minute dances so what they do is they ask you to dance just for a minute on and they have themes every month where they propagate women like me or others who basically gave up dance like you may have learned kathak for an x amount of time you may have learned any other art form and then well i became a mother and so i had to give up so many other things but i really love my dance i want to go back to dancing so they bring together such women who would you know like to do just do a one minute dance practice towards that dance you don't have to be a professional you don't have to go on stage but don't let that um, don't let that fire in you go away just because you have 10 other things to do um so so that is something and and the the students i teach who are older than me in age they also tell me that now that motherhood is overwhelming at this point in time yes it is difficult yes it's not going to be easy you'll have to plan every single minute of your life but also to be able to give yourself time is very important and i think kathak is very um how do i put this it's very forgiving and rewarding in that sense kathak does not say that you know you must have a stage to riyaz find your corner find a small space in your kitchen find a, i am not joking my ek gun do gun chogun at gun practice happens on my bathroom tiles because that and and most moms will agree and i don't know which part of this you want to edit but most moms would agree that being in the bathroom is probably the only quiet time they get away from their kids be be that but that's okay and let it not like let motherhood not take away your passion for your art from you so so that's the message i would like to give you know whoever is listening and even if this helps one mother i i'd feel really proud of it yeah again those are very practical insights and i don't feel the need to edit any of it i'm going to post it as is <laughs> no you can <laughs> up to you when you kind of start from say basics again but you already know it and you kind of relearning a bunch of things uh the speed with which you progress is it different than i guess it would be different than someone who's doing it for the first time right so what does yeah. that progression look like or what did that progression look like when you did it with rita ji i guess wanted to just very curious about that i think it's very much dependent on the riyas that you do hmm. because your muscle memory is there like dhadin dinda is going to come naturally to you because you've practiced it for so many years hmm. but to be able to make that tap sound of your feet or to be able to make that heel sound is related to your ears so you might still do dhadin dinda but wo tap utna softly nahi aayega or you know utna prominently nahi aayega same thing with chakkars you'll be able to do single step chakkars but the finesse with which you do it is always tied to the riyas so even if you're relearning and you may it's if you've taken a break and you're going back to learning again it's not necessary that your journey will be super fast you may know the fundamentals because you've learned the fundamentals but you have you made them a part of your system if not then you will have to probably spend the same amount of time to learn it and then again this depends from guru to guru each guru has a different style of teaching some of them may insist on the details of it up front some of them may let you grow through 
certain phases and then insist on the details. It, it's the different styles of teaching, right? But what I have learned from both my gurus is no, fix your fundamentals first, even if it takes time. So only because I was doing Riyas from it in whatever form it was, getting back to learning was not that difficult. Even when I took that seven, eight year gap, the manan was already always there. The, the thoughts about, so I still remember Krishna compositions and some kavits and todas that I had learned back when I was nine year old or 10 year old despite taking that eight-year gap, because there was always that constant memory of thinking and doing it in your head, right? It's like your two, two times table or your four times table. It, it's there in your system. Understood. Because um, uh, I just moved to Wisconsin. So there have been a couple of weeks, I think a month about where I haven't practiced because I've kind of lost that layer thing. Like my chogun isn't landing really well. Yesterday I had class with my teacher and we just cut it early because he said I'm just watching you practice at this point so he wants me to get back into yeah. it again and then so I'm kind of doing a lot of relearning now myself but so, so every one day of Riyaz that you miss uh -huh. my teacher my guru okay. for every one day of Riyaz you miss you uh -huh. travel back one whole year look at it that way Achha. sounds like time travel but it's basically your body is missing out on the mm. things that you have built up over mm. time and you have to kind of go back and push yourself or propel yourself forward to get right. there. Okay. Yeah. It has food for thought for sure. And I guess since you mentioned Kathadana Theatre and doing it in Minneapolis, could you tell us though about like the work you did with them and your connection to Rita Ji and how, what was it like doing Kathak, like both classes and performing there? Yeah, so I can talk a little bit. It was different, definitely culturally different because um, I mean, Kathak being the classical dance form of India, right, is associated a lot with Indian culture, with the past, with the history. Here, when you come to the US, you are dancing with, and I don't know how Rita Aditi does this, I'm learning from her. She is teaching kids who have been born and raised over here, who understand the Indian culture a little differently than what we would have who have been born and brought up in that country itself. They have a lot of questions, which are very sweet questions. If Radha Krishna Chetchad, and I take that as reference because we have a lot of Radha Krishna in Kathak that applies to other uh, Nrityanga as well. If Radha, was, why was Radha shy of Krishna? You know, like, why? I mean, if they liked each other, they liked each other. If if he held her hand, why why was she shy? Why, why was Krishna so mischievous? That's not good manners. You know, those are the kind of questions that kids ask. Um, and just to watch her navigate through those is very interesting. How she explains that. So Kathak goes beyond just movement, right? It goes beyond, it, it's a way of life. It's a way of teaching your tradition, teaching your culture. Um, not that you must adopt it from a religious standpoint, but you must understand it enough to express it through your dance form. So you need to understand Krishna as a personality. You need to understand Radha as a personality. Shankar, Parvati, you need to understand them as a personality. And you need to be able to express that personality. Uh, so to see how Rita Auntie did that was interesting. So we did one of the uh, productions that Rita Auntie does. And she does a lot with the Minnesota State Board of Arts. Um, so she has a lot of Western elements to her productions as well. One of the productions that I was lucky enough to be a part of was uh, Karna, the unsung hero. Uh, later, it went to the Khajurao Dance Festival in India as well. Um, it's interesting. And if you ever get an opportunity to watch the snippets, definitely it's on their website. Do watch it. Um, it's about the story of Karna. Uh, and it, the music is jazz music. The dance is all Kathak dance. And the narration is gospel singing. And so, so there are gospel singers who are narrating the story of Karna through Mahabharat in English prose, singing in gospel. So, so the way I'll tell you, if you look at the dance, it's all Kathak. So if you are showing a war scene, you, you would do those kind of bowls where through our footwork, through our movements, we are showing war. If you just close your eyes and listen to the narration, it's all gospel singing, singing about Mahabharat. And then there's an element of jazz music that is kind of supporting the whole scene. So I had that opportunity to dance and it was 
beautiful. I mean, I would say it's it's not fusion. It's not contemporary. It's traditional Kathak with Western music and Western singing. So all three of them existing in parallel, each one respecting their own boundaries and collaborating with the other. So just to see that, because in India, I was exposed to mostly thumris or bhajans or, you know, in some extent, of course, uh, ghazals, those, those aspects. Here, I was being exposed to how can you pick elements that you have in the American culture and bring them together with your Indian art form without, without fusing them, you know, and that is important, without mix matching them, like, like don't, don't disrupt the beauty of one over the other, let them coexist. So I got to learn that through uh, Rita Auntie's works, through Katha Dance Theatre, a lot of it. And since you mentioned teaching, would be a good time to segue into, say, your teaching practice. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? I've heard that you teach people who are into their 50s and all sorts of age groups and you have people under you. So just want to know about your teaching as well. I'm going to bring my motherhood angle also, okay, when I talk about teaching. Because I ran away from teaching Kathak for a very long time. I thought that I always wanted to be a learner of Kathak. So Prachiti, were you teaching back then when you were learning in when I you were 18? I didn't teach teach per se, but I used to assist my guru. Yeah, a little bit. So not not as a full-time teacher in their class. But yeah, but I ran away from teaching for a very long time because I always wanted to be a learner. I, I always thought that if I start teaching and I start earning money for my art, I may start quantifying the art that I don't want to quantify like uh, Kathak is an ocean and the minute I start putting a dollar amount or a rupees amount to it I might start restricting it this was this was my psychology okay I've, I've heard your podcast and I need to re-hear some of them to kind of change my way of thinking but that had been my way of thinking that I didn't want to get into teaching I always enjoyed learning and I wanted to continue being a student of Kathak for life um when motherhood happened, six months into my first kid, uh, we had a local performance and they said, well, it's been a while since you've danced because I did not dance through my first pregnancy. I did dance through my second one, but not with, through my first one. Um, they said, would you like to, you know, perform one or two dance pieces? So here I was a nursing mom trying to figure out how am I going to... So who is they? Uh, there is this uh, local dance, uh, sorry, a non-profit organization that runs, it's, it's for the Indian community. So the non-profit organization for the Indian community basically and brings together multiple artists and we perform together on stage. So at six months postpartum, I was on the stage dancing with fellow dancers to whatever capacity I could. Um, and one of the parents reached out to me and said, do you mind teaching my kid, you know? And she said, however you may, I mean, the schedule is fine. Things will go back and forth. That's okay. But we want our kids to learn the culture of our country. And I just thought that was a huge responsibility. So I called up my guru and I told her, do you think my dance is even capable of something that I can teach? And that was less than a year of me moving out of Minnesota. So I was still pretty much in touch with dance and she had seen my dance. And she said, Prachi, give it a try. You know, never say no. You never know what opportunities may lead where. So just give it a try. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try. And, and honestly, I thought teaching was my only way of staying connected with dance after being a mother, because there was not going to be any time for Riyas. Like I said earlier, my, my schedule was all over the place. I had a lot of sleepless nights, overwhelmed with the responsibilities of motherhood. Um, just one year into my job here in corporate America, so learning a lot of different nuances. So in my head, I thought teaching was my only way of staying connected with Katha. And I was right and wrong at that time because teaching kind of gave me that perspective of what can I give this generation, which is not just teen tal, which is not just tathai theta, tathai theta, or jhaptal, or you know, which is like, like what that mom told me, that, that mother told me, I want my daughter to learn the culture of our country. And that was a responsibility, which I thought, okay, let me take this up as a challenge. This is an extension of my dance journey. 
and I'm going to take this up as a challenge and see how much I can do for that kid. Soon enough, the kids, of course, by word of mouth, uh, you know, more kids joined. But the turning point of my dance, of my teaching journey was when uh, some ladies about, at that time, about 15, 20 years yeah, older than me, approached me and said, we want to learn Kathak from you. And it was a shock, basically, because, I mean, in my head, Kathak is always learned when you're younger, you start at six, seven years old, then you grow, then they said, we don't want to learn Kathak as a profession. We are not looking to perform anywhere. We, we, we wanted to learn an art form ever since our younger days. Whatever life happened, responsibilities happened, family happened, we didn't get an opportunity to learn. So we want to learn now. Can you teach us? And I, they didn't really ask me. They insisted, please teach us. So, <laughs> so then I was like, okay. And again, I didn't want to say no, but I spoke with my guru and I told her, what do I do? You know, have you had this? Thing. And, and one of my guru's prime disciples, I think he started learning about the age of 35, 40 or so. So she may have been through that where you're teaching someone who's, you know, not in their younger ages. And uh, she told me, go ahead. I mean, she said, it's a different perspective. It's a different angle. At that age, asking someone to do 20 spins, 30 spins is not going to be possible. Keep that understanding. What I have learned through that experience, though, is how can you um, improve different movements in Kathak that would be appropriate for every age. So now I tell them, okay, if your knee is hurting, let's not do this movement. We'll do this movement. It's still a Kathak movement, but it's a little different so that you're not being too hard on yourself. You're not forcing yourself to do something that your body is not allowing you to do. But say, but of course, there's no compromise on perfection and grace. So we may change the movement a little bit, but we will still work on that particular movement, that particular composition. And I think the drive to learn is even more strong at that age because it's from that student themselves. At a younger age, students are not aware. Their parents ask them to learn and, you know, the parents kind of say, nee, nee, keep, going, keep, going, keep doing it. Mm -hmm. But at an older age, it's your drive. It's you who wants to learn it. It's you who wants to say, no, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to do this. So, so yeah, it's, it's been a very enriching experience. I think as, I mean, Kathak has taught me how to be a better human being. Let me phrase it that way. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I started learning at the age of 27. So I'm 29 now. So yeah, pretty much the same kind of you pay the bills and it's on you to decide whether you want to go or not. So Right. comes from there right. uh, on the other side you are you are a 27 year old so it kind of feels weird to take instructions from another adult so that's just something you have to kind of make peace with yourself so so this is interesting so yeah tell me the, the, the older ladies who i teach um they are actually at a much senior position in the corporate america world but we don't let that come in the way when we are learning dance you know, and, and that is a very interesting uh, relationship to learn as well, hmm. where in your dance class, there's a teacher and a student, right, irrespective of age, hmm. it's all about the art yep. at that point. So, all yeah, the art. Okay. So, Prashiti, um, coming to my final question, kind of more of like an open ended one where since you're doing Kathak in the Midwest in Indiana, and you know you died in minnesota as well so how do you feel about the future of kathak in indiana and the midwest where do you see it going and where do you see you yourself going with it um i think now there are multiple things to it and i give it a thought every day um indian classical dances in general are not very popular in American culture, at least in the Midwest, in the states that I have stayed in. Uh, people like Rita Auntie at Katha Dance Theatre, and I think there are bigger institutes in Chicago as well, who are raising awareness in uh, the communities here in the US. So not the Indian community. I'm saying the people who are born and raised in the Midwest, right? Um, that is one thing that I want to be able to do. I and I think my uh, my IT career gives me a good opportunity to bridge that gap and not just look at Indian communities. I can spread the word 
amongst non-Indians as well. Uh, typically, if you tell anybody over here about Indian dance, they'll say Bollywood. And with due respect to Bollywood, Bollywood is a film industry, not a dance form. And that's the difference that not everybody understands. Um, so to, to propagate Kathak, I think what I need to do or what my journey should be doing is basically getting more visibility in the art, arts council here or getting more visibility to the people who cherish music, not necessarily music coming from a certain part of the world, right? Or who cherish beats, who cherish tune. Um, and that that's one thing that I want to do. The other thing is, and this is again, I don't know, this is maybe me dreaming, but making our Indian classical arts a part of the school curriculum over here. Because one thing I realize is when kids are at a young age, they want to learn, their parents ask them to learn. Once they get into middle school, high school, their schoolwork kind of multiplies. And those are the growing years where you have learned the basics of Kathak. And now you're ready to demonstrate it. You're ready to you know, make it more complex, complicated, and present it to the audience. But well, I have these 10,000 projects I need to do. Or I have my SATs, ACT, all those exams to take. So as part of diversity and inclusion, if there is an opportunity where Indian classical arts can get, get a seat at the table, of academics in schools uh, be and, and i know rita auntie does that in minnesota so they they tie up with minnesota state board of arts and they do have some workshops where they teach the basic elements of kathak um, but doing that more aggressively in whichever parts of the midwest we are in i think that will allow the dance form to flourish to grow and to take it beyond the indian community I think that's one thing I want to strive towards. So how can people respect the art form, not just as a side profession or a, you know, a hobby, but look at it more seriously that this is something that I enjoy doing and this is something I want to continue. So, so yeah, does that help? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, those are your thoughts. So yeah, they, they definitely do help. And thank you for sharing your vision for what you want to do for the future and how it ties into where you live. Uh, Prachi, thank you so much. And yeah, with that, I bring this episode to close. Prachi, it was really nice talking to you. I loved all your answers. They were really in depth and kind of opened up some new dimensions for me as well. So yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak my mind um learning and performing kathak away from your home country is a very different experience so i'm still mm -hmm. on that journey it's not that i know exactly the do's and don'ts of it mm -hmm. um but but yeah it's, I, I think there's never a day when i'm going to be like i know kathak it's it's always going to be exploring uh, the different dimensions of it so thank thank you for hearing me promise and 